0: Welcome to Flip Your Lid with Kim Honeycutt. Kim is a psychotherapist and executive director of ICU Talks, a mental health speaking ministry. This is a podcast about how to flip your lid and learning how to reconnect to who you really are.
1: Well, thank you, Flip Your Lid audience for being here today. I always say that we have a really big deal sitting in front of me through this Zoom call but I really mean it today. I have two beautiful doctors in front of me who have changed the, the image, the picture, the face of couples therapy. And so let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Harville Hendricks and his beautiful wife, Dr. Helen LaKelley Hunt. They are both co-creators of the Imago Relationship Therapy and a social movement called Safe Conversations. They're internationally respected as couples therapists educators, speakers, activists, and New York Times best-selling authors. There are 10 books, including the timeless classic, Getting the Love You Want, A Guide for Couples, has sold more than 4 million copies. Y'all, my book sold four copies. They're sold 4 million copies. And, and- Marvel appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show 17 times, In Helen, was installed in the Women's Hall of Fame and the Smithsonian Institute. That is a big deal. They have six children and seven grandchildren. So, Dr. Hendricks, Dr. Hunt, thank you both for blessing our audience with your wisdom. Thank you for being here.
0: Well, we are honored to be here, and thank you for having us and for your kind words.
1: Well, y'all are tremendous, and I want to tell you, the first time I saw you, Dr. Hendricks, was uh, I don't even know how old I was, but I was watching Oprah, and you were on there, and you were talking about the Imago Theory, and I went out and got this book at that time, Getting the Love You Want, because I was a baby therapist and new into this field. And as y'all know, couples therapy is not something that goes well. It's not the most efficient form of right. therapy in this world. And so this, this changed how I thought and how I saw myself and other people. So thank y'all so much. For, for writing this. So thank you for being here. So here's the thing. We start off with the same question with everybody. And so y'all can share whatever you want, but we would like to know a little bit about you. So tell us and, and Dr. Hunt, we're going to go with you first. Helen, we're going with you first. All right. So what flipped your lid, what life experience, what life events flipped your lid that caused you to have to really question who you are and then tell us a bit about what helped you reconnect to who you actually
2: are? So I requested to go first. Yes, you did. Uh, Because I'm afraid I'm a lid flipper. And so I have a couple. (laughs) So um, the first Ah. time I flipped my lid.
0: A new picture of you is is a lid flipper. Can you
2: figure out the date? (laughs) But uh, Harville and I had just started dating and um, he had been asked to do a, a talk. He was beginning to do talks on relationship. And this guy had a group of people come every Sunday to a garage. I think it was something like a Unitarian church. Mm. But they didn't want to re- meet in the Unitarian church there. They, did the, they had their own group. It was about 40 people. There was a green board, you know, great big green chalkboard. And Harville stood up. <clears throat> what year was that?
0: Probably 1977
2: or 78. Somewhere and so I'm sitting there and go, okay, I want to hear what Harville has to say. And he said, hi, everybody. Most people don't realize that a relationship has three stages. And he went up to the chalkboard and he drew a, a chalk line. And he said, stage one, romance.
1: Mm.
2: Then he went and drew another line. And he said, no, nah, stage two. The power struggle. Mm. So everyone falls in love, or whoever does fall in love. Stage one, they need to know that they're going to end up in the power struggle, and then he do this. Uh, the, the, he pointed to the next space and said, "After the power struggle, there's stage three, and that's real love." Mm. And everyone who gets in the power struggle can get to real love. Well, I flipped my lid. (laughs) There you go. I decided that I was going, I I had my first husband, I was in a business family. This business guy wanted to marry me. I married him. It was a horrible marriage. Mm -hmm. And I said, I wanted to be a therapist and I was getting a master's in counseling psych. Um, And later on, I went to pursue a a doctorate in psychology. Mm -hmm. I was very interested in psychology and I thought maybe he's the one. I should propose to. I had told everyone, okay, if you're going out with me, don't even think of proposing. I'm going to propose to the next person. I like you. I like you. And the first person sort of was after me to get married and I think was to Because of the family money. Right. And because he went to work at the family. And I don't want to be married to a family. I want to be married to someone who is a great thought partner for me. So I proposed to Harville and he said yes. And so um, we moved to New York and the book got written and Oprah called. And um, he went on a show. And she took his show and submitted it to the Emmy Committee and that one over her first Emmy. Give me five. Wow. I didn't, that I did not know. That's amazing. No, no, one, no, practically no one knows that. So she fell in love. Of course, she had already fallen in love with Harville as a host. Sure. She submitted his show and she had him on 17 times. So everything is great. Great, great, great. Right. His two, I adored. I had two, he adored we had two together the Brady bunch we were going to have the best happy family right uh, i flip my lid again we, we everyone liked each other when we were dating but then when we married everyone started back talking and being mm-hmm. negative and it was it was the blended family from hell yeah and, and i kept dragging Harville to um um To therapists, thank God New York has so many therapists, really good (laughs) therapists. But we were smarter than any of them, and we kept firing the therapist. We thought, that's not going to help us. Like you said, couples therapy sucks. Yes, it sucks. Thank you for saying (laughs) that so clearly. We said, we're we're smarter than this one. The fifth one we went to fired us and said we were the family from hell. (laughs) And we went to the divorce lawyer, and we announced to our family we were divorcing. Now, this was really flipping my lid. Yes. It was the, and then we announced the whole Amago community we were divorcing. And I thought, I can't believe this is happening twice. And I thought it was the nadir of my life. So I was really flipping my lid. Well, the good news that made me flip my lid in a positive way was we added a few things to the theory and we decided not to get divorced, and I had the marriage of my dreams. Wow! So that's my story. And well, thank anyone, anyone, you. Anyone of my message to people these days is: don't ever give hope, up hope. Don't Amen. Ever Amen. Think that it's that it's negative only. It's yes. negative for a while, but listen to what she says. You can flip mm-hmm. your lid and get that's back. right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, thank you for being so personal about that. I, I know as
1: therapists, people's expectations of us are incredibly too high, and to to come out being such leaders in the world of couple therapy and to have to say we're divorcing, that how vulnerable that is. And thank you for sharing that and
2: that y'all persevered. Well, and a last comment: thank you that you're open about your Christian faith. Because mm, I, you. you know, it, it, it just. Mm. You know, Jesus flipped his lid. That's right. After the crucifixion. <laughs> yes, it's true. He, he resurrected. And we have yeah. a faith that it really validates uh what what she is saying. And yeah. we really think she's a genius for having a podcast like this. Well, thank you for that.
0: I yeah. thought you were gonna say about Jesus that he would have said, What? You gotta nail me to the cross? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then uh, <clears throat> Uh, and then, what? I'm risen from the dead. So well, and, anyway. he, and he
2: said that on the cross. He said, "Father, yeah. why have you forsaken me?" Yeah. yeah, that's right. That his yeah. father going to help. Yeah. So yeah. ever his father did come through. Mm-hmm. And that's it's so beautiful.
1: Him. No, really, it's beautiful. This knowing that Jesus' lid was flipped and that he reconnected to who the Father says he was, so that we can do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yes. So, um, so I was. You thinking- want
1: to top that? You can't, Harville. You can't.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think they're we're
2: very competitive.
0: Uh, so, so oh, you're God. so you're wondering if I can top that, and you're also thinking that we're competitive. I mean, it was a am, joke. Am I, am I getting that? And that was. A joke. I was trying to be funny, and you were trying to be funny.
2: Was right. I funny? Maybe uh, not. No.
0: Okay. <laughs> 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 want to be it? honest.
2: How about if I don't
0: talk? What? What? If, what if you don't
2: talk? Time, your time.
0: Okay, <laughs> I'll take my time. Um, well i i think i think my what what i I would what is occurring to me about this because i hadn't thought much about it until this morning uh which is like how our life goes i don't get to think about things until it's you know 30 minutes away sometimes
1: right
0: um is obviously all of these events i went through with helen and had the opposite uh uh flip litting um and I think that, that, that specifically, I remember um, being at our New Mexico ranch and discovering there that you wanted a divorce mm. and that oh, yeah. um, we would move back from New Mexico to New York and, and facilitate that. <clears throat> so that was, um, that was a, I guess, flipping you is a shock and a, and a, and a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. And that the 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 recovery of that was in uh, 1999. Uh, the that we that we recovered from that and celebrated a um, a re- recommitment. Uh, I had a big uh, New Year's Eve party, which is we consider our official wedding. Uh, was mm-hmm. not. Uh, 1982, but 1999. Beautiful. Uh, and so that we actually spend more time celebrating uh, our uh, our recommitment than we do celebrating mm. our original marriage, because that marriage itself sucked. It <laughs> sucked. The marriage before we had a fight. Right afterwards, we had a fight. The honeymoon was nothing but a fight. Mm. How we? I, I think one of the things is how we stayed married. And how we are still married after now forty-five years of knowing each other and thirty-eight of them married mm-hmm. is a mystery. Um, and I, and I guess I guess if we looked at it, we could see that there was something. Uh, and Helen says that we have a destiny together. So I suppose if we have a destiny together, no matter how bad it gets, we can't leave, right. uh, because okay. we have a destiny really. and maybe The destiny is to suffer together so that that we have a story to tell uh, because I often wonder uh, about that. But I have another, uh, a a different lid flipping. I think my biggest lid flip, well, well, no, that would put it in a valuative state, but probably formative that made the uh, the lid flipping with... uh, you're uh, indicating uh, in I think it was 1996 that you indicated you wanted a divorce. That's when we were living in New Mexico, and that was about 20 about 18 years, 18 or 19 years into our into our marriage, because we took about two years to to work that through. But the preceding lid flip that came to my mind when you asked this question was when I was six years old, and um, came out of a room in, uh, and we lived as um, sort of dirt farmers in South Georgia. And mm. I came out of my room and saw that my mother was being dragged down the hallway uh. to her bedroom. Uh, and mm. they told me that, um, that she had had a stroke and mm. that she was um, so that, and as fact it's the, it, that wiped out all the other memories of my mother. I have no memories. Of my mother, other than her dying. Wow! I'm wow. sure that it because I was six years old, and uh, and and all my brothers and sisters are pretty normal people. So she was probably a good person, and mm-hmm. and was a good mother. Uh, but called flipping your lid in the sense that you're suddenly faced with um, with an, an intolerable, inconceivable moment, mm-hmm. which to watch your mother. Uh, die. <clears throat> and then in South Georgia, they um, they have this thing, I don't think they ever think about it, but that you must view the dead. So uh, they put her on a what they call a cooling board, uh, which was a door they took down in the house and laid mm-hmm. her out until the undertaker came. And they took me in the next morning. They put me to bed the night before. And they took me in the next morning and said, would you like to see your mother and I remember going in to look at her, her body, and touched her and felt the coldness, and that was again a, a one of those indelible memories. You know, I've been I've been doing you, you don't know this because I haven't caught you with my reading recently uh, on memory. Mm-hmm. What 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 triggers memory is the intensity of the affect that occurs at the moment, and then what do you associate with that.
1: Right.
0: So. So I would say that that was a primal lid flip. Yes. That made me then vulnerable to any other flip where somebody was going away. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, Helen's saying that she wanted a divorce uh, would have triggered would have triggered that made that uh, traumatizing. Um, and I and probably without although we didn't use our skill well which was why we were getting a divorce we didn't we didn't use what we knew right the book and had become it had helped thousands of other people but we weren't practicing but probably it was some knowledge that there was a way and that we had in fact created it and written a book about it Mm. uh, was a resource to um sort of uh, flip the lid again is that we actually made it and we had this um Celebration! I remember there were 256 people at that celebration, Uh, on and that um, it was on New Year's Eve. Hmm. So um, when the we we so we kept the party going until midnight, and it was also on a uh, in a a a place that was on the river on the Hudson River, which is where they fired the the, there was a big barge that New York City used to fire off the firecrackers. Mm. So that came right over our place. And we said to everybody that we arranged the um, New York City to celebrate our recommitment. So when they all come out and look at it. So we got a free celebration by the whole city of New York.
1: Well uh, played.
0: So it was kind of kind of a game. And it was a powerful association of a celebrative moment at a time when we had recovered. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are my, and I guess the other lid flip was that was a positive one was what I'm getting invited on the Oprah show. Oh, I bet. Uh, Oh, and and that uh, when, when the, and here's another indelible memory, I was in the car, which was an Oprah chauffeured car on the way back to the airport uh, and in a and it wasn't a taxi; it was an official Oprah car, because it had a phone uh, behind me. It could have been a rental. I mean, it may mm-hmm. be a car, but anyway, it wasn't a taxi. Right? A taxi driver. They. It was their driver taking me back to the airport, and the phone rang behind me. It was. I was in the back seat and the phone was up on the shelf behind me. Mm-hmm. This was, it, You know, this was before cell phones, so this was a wired car phone. And I said to the driver, um, I assume this is ringing up there and that, that this is for you. And he said, oh, no, if it rings back there, it's for you. Uh-huh. Oh, so I pick up the phone. And it's Oprah's uh, executive producer who had produced the show saying, uh, Oprah and I have just met. I just left the studio uh, 15 minutes early. We've just met. And we want you back.
1: That's amazing. <laughs>
0: Wow. But here's what we'd like. We'd like you to come back in nine months. We want to fully um, distribute this. And we're going to have a a dozen couples that we will recruit in our studio. And we want you to do a three-day workshop. And we're going to film everything. And then cut that up into a 46-minute second show, which we'll do then. And that would be in 1989. And instead of it being one show, there was so much material, they had to do two shows. Wow. So I had Monday and Tuesday, full 46 minutes on the Oprah show. The book then, the real lid flip was it went on the New York Times bestseller list.
1: That's huge. And,
0: and, uh, and then I started getting calls from all over the world for training. So, but that big lid flip was, what? The Oprah mm-hmm. show? They want me again? Right, um, right. The New York Times uh, bestseller. And I think the only thing I have framed of all that is that first, when they came out in New York Times on the list. When New York Times bestseller. Yeah, that's
1: such a huge accomplishment. Harville, was there something in particular inside of you that healed when you were asked to come back, when you were met with such um, affirmation and, and positivity about your skills?
0: Well, I, you know, it's I, at the time I wasn't aware of, you know, being healed or anything. But as I look back, um, growing up on a farm uh, and being poor and living on the other side of the tracks, when you did move to town, you were among mm-hmm. poor folks. Um, even though I went to a good school with the kids from wealthy families, I was not one of the wealthy kids. But the school took everybody. In the a five thousand town, so the school right. serves the little town. I think as I look back, is that I never had uh, I never had two senses. One that I was smart, never quite got it that I was smart, even though I was the runner up for valedictorian, mm. because I was runner up indicated I wasn't smart enough. Gotcha. Uh, I didn't get magna, didn't get summa cum laude in college. Mm. Got magna cum laude. So I'm smart, but not that smart. Um, and there was a uh, a uh, prize, the Danforth Foundation Fellowship, uh, which I didn't get, but I got a runner-up to that, which was paid uh, tuition through graduate school, but not paid housing and food. I so it was always not quite smart enough. Right. And and therefore not quite good enough. Yeah. But I think that the response to the Oprah show uh, hit me somehow is that I began to feel uh, something of that you couldn't be that dumb and get this response. Because the book got really high credits from right. people all across the right. spectrum, from professors all the way to, to, the, to the public. But also... Um, um the um uh the the sense of that uh, that I wasn't invisible anymore anymore yes so yeah. so I think that's that's a real thing and the thing that makes all of this uh really guttural guttural for me is is to also know that um that Hel- Helen that there was something that evolved out of that in terms of understanding partnership with Helen. Mm-hmm. It wasn't terribly clear at the time, but as I look back at that, Helen and I became partners in uh, initially sort of subtle ways and later in gross ways, and that Helen's contribution to all of this is, um, is, is indisputably uh, at the core, not, mm-hmm. not peripheral as a supportive wife, But as a partner, and somehow all of that feels like a part of of a of a healing, of a not being alone anymore, but of being. Mm. I know we call each other partners now, and that that having that 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 was um that that I think is and and that it's it's not like she was just there enjoying my mind, her mind was a partner mind, contributed Mm -hmm. creative ideas. Like three or four of the ideas that are core in Imago are actually Helen's ideas, and it's like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm a logical thinker, so I take an idea and build a system out of it. Um, and Helen, you know, as you can see her head, we think she doesn't build systems, but right. she does have insights. Right. And she often says, "I don't come up with great ideas, but I spot them." And she often says that I was a good idea. Yeah, uh, uh, not only as a husband, but 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 with this idea of what actually happens in intimate relationships.
1: Right. Yeah, Helen, how did how did you feel? Because I know you've gotten incredible accolades in your career, and that you're incredibly intelligent. What was it like for you that your husband, you know, you, you know, co-wrote the book, your husband is on, Oprah, and you're not there with him? but you're such a part of the book and the theory and the healing for people. Can
2: you speak into that? Well, yeah, um, Harville had offered to have my name on the cover. And I said, "Harvel, the hunt name is known and and Harvel Hendrix is not known.
1: Mm.
2: And the hunt name was known in Texas. And I think it was known pretty well like in New York, I have half brothers that were cornering the silver market. And my ex-husband was doing stuff with, and things were illegal. And anyway, so they, they were on the oh, head, head, head night noons at Wall Street Journal. <clears throat> but um, would it be okay if I mentioned your dad had passed away?
0: Oh, well, you just did.
2: Is that yeah, okay? <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> Not only did his mother die, but then um, when he was two, his father.
0: Oh, I guess I was one. When he One. died, wow!
2: And so, wow. And this is what, and he was the youngest of yeah. how many? Oh,
0: the twelfth. I mean, and sorry, eleven. I know. Was the eleventh.
2: Another, an older <coughs> sibling died died early. So yeah. anyway, just but anyway, he was the youngest and only had his mom. And then when his mom, um, now how did that feel? So, um, I I didn't mind that he was identified by Oprah. Mm, right. I had stepped in. And when I heard Harville do all the theory building, I mean, I just knew from the very beginning, just like Steve Jobs in the garage. I think we've we've gone back to that analogy recently that something very special happened in that garage. Um, But I was really happy that he went on alone. Um, And thank you for asking Mm. that. Because I I am a great thought partner. He's a great speaker, mm-hmm. and I really wanted him to have his his light, his, yeah. his day in the sun. I, I was the one that when we moved to New York, found a top agent, found a top yeah. book writer. Wow. Who? who yeah, I was going to say that. She is. Yeah. You know, it's and yeah.
0: Um, yeah the, the book wouldn't have gotten written without Helen's mm-hmm. support of me, encouragement but then uh, actual contacts with uh, people, writers, and agents, and so forth. So that all of that. Because she was absolutely committed to this book being written and published.
1: Mm. Well, and there's no, there's no power struggle with this.
0: Well, right? not around that. But not they, around
1: that. Other stuff, too. But this, there was a committed love with this. There's a real love with
0: yeah, this.
2: We, we both love the, the theory. But then we weren't practicing it. But right. my father is known for discovering oil. And I said, "Harvel, and, and the whole world needed this oil. So Hunter Oil Company became prosperous. And I said, you're like my dad. Everyone, as you said so beautifully, mm-hmm. everyone needs healthy relationships. Yes. And when they don't, life sucks. I'm yes. sorry. You should use cuss words.
1: Yes, you can cuss.
2: <laughs> is
0: this, this, this No, not in
1: not in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's not. That's
2: yeah, not at all. We we get much worse than that around here. Anyway, I mean the the theory is so transformational. I am a great thought partner, but Hartle creates a theory in a very yeah. special. Do you want to share with them in like simplistic words what the theory is?
0: Um. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we start? Why don't we start?
2: We have a new definition of relationship. Oh. Okay. People think a relationship is two people who've known each other for a while or something like that, a little while, a long time. We say, and everyone needs to know who's thinking about their relationships, a relationship is two people and the space between them. Mm. And Mm. people go, what are you talking about? There's nothing there. Well, as Einstein said, energy is everything. (laughs) And there's an energy field. And what Harville succinctly says is when there's safety in the energy field, two people connect. That's right. Now, if there's anxiety in the energy, if one of them has gotten hurt or doesn't trust what the other person is saying or feels anxious, connection is ruptured. Mm -hmm. But anyone can restore safety by doing four things. Number one dialogue number two identifying childhood wound Mm
1: -hmm.
2: number three a commitment to zero negativity it's not what you say it's how you say it Mm. and number four affirmations yeah Yeah. and I won't say anything else I I some in in our workshops I do the overview and then Harville comes in and unpacks things right
0: yeah Yeah, I think think the thing that I would add to that is, is is the is the prologue to it which is how do people get together anyway yes. uh, to create this relationship? Yeah. And that was the first stage in theory development was partner selection. Mm-hmm. So the unconscious. How, and how, do, how does, how does, how does Helen wind up with Harville and Harville wind up with Helen rather than with Mary, Susie or some somebody else. Mm-hmm. And And the thing is you could wind up with Mary and Susie, but they'd have to be similar to Helen. So there's a, the theory was that there's a type of person that you'll be attracted to. And when you fall in love, you'll always fall in love with somebody who is like that. Um, and that type of person is a person who, in important ways, um, resembles your caretakers. Mm-hmm. And in and even more important ways, resembles the limits your caretakers had. Right. So they will be like the caretakers who did not meet your needs. That's and you'll right. fall in love with them because you're looking for the needs. Now what didn't make sense for a long time to me was why won't why don't you look for somebody different from your caretakers so that you actually get those needs met. And that's where memory comes in that memory doesn't allow you to do that. Memory is associated Uh, So that need satisfaction is associated with the caretaker with whom the need should have been met. Right. But wasn't. So unconsciously, then you look for that person or a prototype of that person. Mm -hmm. A need met from the person who cannot meet it. Right. And that's what produces the dilemma. Yes. But fall in love with that person because the height of the expectation is that this person who's similar to my mother and my father combined and the particular features that didn't work Mm -hmm. or my childhood needs being met will be present in, and, and, uh, uh, and in some way will be acted out by Helen. And when she does that behavior, I'll have this terrible memory. And in this case of my mother, not being available. Mm -hmm. So Helen's not, not being available. She's not, trying to ignore me and she's not dying right. but she um, does a certain behavior in mm-hmm. which isn't available like stays on the phone when I walk in the room yes. uh, I can't get her attention yeah and I know that I'm going to uh, have a negative reaction mm-hmm. and 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 I made a big deal out of that for a long time until it finally dawned on me Helen's not being my mother who's dying Helen's Talking on the phone. Right. It's like finally uh, getting it that I may react to it, but it's not Helen's problem. Right. my problem. That's right. What I need to do is regulate how I handle uh, when I go in the room and Helen's on the phone. And uh, and the way I found it works, I don't think I've even explained this to you as much, is to essentially see that as Helen being Helen. Mm. And isn't she cool? Isn't she cool? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, She talks like last night with Jane Fondo. She talks with Gloria Stein. Who, I don't know who she's on the phone with, but it'll be somebody uh, who's important or it may be uh, just a, a recent trainee
1: right. who,
0: who she wants to encourage. But that's Helen being Helen. She right. talks on the phone. has nothing to do with my mother. Mm-hmm. And I found that that has slowly removed that reactivity from my psychoneural system. Sure, so that's, that's how we get together and we recreate unconsciously the unfinished drama of childhood. We recreate exactly. that in the marriage. Mm-hmm. And the job of marriage is to finish that drama yep. um, and, and make it come out okay. And that's where we get then to Helen saying we have to be aware. We are partners in the project of co-creating the relationship of our dreams in which the trauma of childhood won't be repeated. Right. We have to start behaving in a way we don't trigger those memories. And to do that, as Helen said, you have to create this. Ultimately, it has to be safe. Mm -hmm. It turns out to be that the most sexy thing in the world is safety.
1: Oh, that's so good. I love that.
0: without it, nothing else good is Mm -hmm. going to happen.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: With it, everything possible will happen. Yeah.
1: Yes, so well said. Like to get to the next emotional need, we have you can't get, get there without safety.
0: Without safety. Yeah. And and I think this this has not been known or emphasized in the mental health field much. Analysis, interpretation, exploration, understanding, change some behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do all of that, but if you don't feel safe with that person, none of that is going to help you connect. Right. Uh, and feel relaxed and joyful. Mm-hmm. You're going to be tactical, strategic, and do all kinds of things to sort of like two countries trying not to go to war. Right. Uh, but it won't be any fun. And it's always. Right. But when you get to safety and you can count on safety as predictable, then you can relax into your, into your original being of, mm-hmm. of I, we think it's called joyful aliveness. Mm. That's our true nature, is joyful. Mm. But you don't get it, and you can't play. And that, thats really the highest form of play. And you can't play unless you feel safe.
1: That's right. Yeah. So
0: that's yeah. theory in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful theory, and and really, it is such a—it's so foundational in doing deeper therapy and trauma work with people, is understanding the safety that's necessary. And, yeah. And, right, because. And without being in ventral vagal, without being safe in connection with somebody, all we do is hit repeat.
0: Yep, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's all it. we can do. Yep. And so, so nothing needs to be done in therapy mm. and can be done until safety is established. Right. So then the question is, well, how do you do that? Yeah. And our answer to that is that you have to practice what we developed as the dialogue process. Because we found if we hold two people who are Polarities, they are polars in a conversation uh, that's structured and has predictable sentence stems about how you're going to say what and next and when. And you regulate their tone while they're talking. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, their brains, the amygdala calms down. Right. Because the prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. is working. And there are no feelings up there. So you keep people up there. And then they do something magical. They become safe enough for each other that the expectancy is that the next time we talk, it'll be like that. Right. It may take them a while to get the skill down because the next time might not be like that. But at least they know they can have that experience. Mm -hmm. Then they go back and say, well, how did we do that? Well, you did it like this. When Helen talked, I said, "Uh, let me see if I got that. Instead of what in the hell did you say?
1: Right,
0: right, right. <laughs> and I mirror it back. And then I yeah. Said, Am I getting this? And then I'll say, well, is there more about that? I get mm. interested instead mm. of, if once I get it, saying, well, here's what I think about it. I stay with her, with her experiencing herself. Mm. And that's what makes it safe for her. Yeah, that's good. Paradoxically, that makes it safe for me. Yeah. So that we create for ourselves what we create for the other. That's good. That to me, it's an amazing paradox. that took us a long time to see that nuance. Yeah. That you, get, that you can get two birds with one stone. Make it safe for one person, and it becomes safe for both.
1: Yeah, that's so powerful. You know, one of the things I heard Deb, Dana, who speaks a lot about polyvagal theory, say is this, intonation prior to information. Yes. Oh, interesting. <gasps> yeah. I really... Like that, I really like the emphasis on tone because you can't hear me. Your it'll change your inner ear, you know, your ability to hear when you're in trauma, and so it's 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 we'll hear each other so inaccurately. We'll hear it from the place of a wounded child instead of an
2: adult sitting there trying to be in a marriage. Right, and and tone, and and so we will uh, uh, also the look in someone's eye. Yeah, their words yeah. may not be so bad. But if they have a glare, we talked We mm. talk to our couples about shifting from the glare to the gaze. That's good. Big picture of a cat, and then and then a basset hound, a dog. Oh, right. That's great. <laughs> These pupils are open and they're receptive, and they'd love yeah. to be hugged. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> a I, remem- cat love. <laughs> I remember hearing uh, Stephen Porges, mm. Deb's mentor. Right. Right. Um, say and and the First time I heard the word pro-city uh, in a lecture, uh, and, and and I was on the, at that time, I think we're in California at the University of California. And there was a, a interpersonal neurobiology conference that Dan Siegel uh, mm-hmm. was running. And Stephen was on the program and, and, uh, and uh, we were on the program. So we're up on the dais. And he was giving his... Amazing lecture, and I understood hardly anything he said.
1: Right, right.
0: And so we, uh, when he finished, some of us uh, who did not have training in the language of the research lab that he was coming from, and yeah. all that brain knowledge, <clears throat> said, uh, "Stephen, would you, would you be willing to?" Um, and there are two points I want to make here. Would you be willing to tell us what you said? In one sentence. And he's a very great. Do you know him? Have you seen him? Yes, yes. Large, yes. bearded, mm-hmm. gray haired, very distinguished, sort of like a Greek senator, mm. uh, very gracious. Said, well, of course. Then he has this, and it's called prosody. And he said, oh, of course, it's the tone. Um, what I'm saying is, that safety is non-negotiable mm. for mammals to thrive, including humans. Yeah.
1: That's amazing.
0: So is that what you said in that right. last hour? He said an hour. <laughs> it took an hour. Yes. That's a theme that holds it all together. Right. Then he I remember using the word prosody. And I wanted to know what that meant, and it was tone. Prosody mm-hmm. is that, um, and like the mother says to the child, you know, go to sleep now, little baby, don't you cry. Mm. That that tone is what, um, and and it has a uh, prosody has to do with, with uh, with uh, what is the word when you regulate, co-regulation, uh, Another person's mind. Oh, neuroception. <laughs> oh. Yeah. and and there's uh yes, neuroception. <laughs> And Sception. there's a kind of um, uh, an integration of the two minds as yes. well. yeah. prosody. It's mm-hmm. almost like uh, being hypnotized. Right. Uh, prosody. That you and have I'm to, have yawning.
2: That. I've just had three
0: yawns. And you just had three yawns. <laughs> <run>. And <laughs> I don't know if that it. had to do with the way I'm talking or uh, well, are, Steve, are you tired? Steve,
2: steven Stephen steven, uh, <laughs> steven, Oh, yeah. I just love him. And right. just, he said, safety. Yeah, just Safety. It's sort of like uh, Einstein said: "Energy is everything." Yeah. Right. So we have
0: right. been talking about safety actually for about thirty years mm-hmm. without scientific basis. Because I talk about a lot of things I can't prove. Right. It turns out, you know, ten years later somebody will prove it. Yeah. And, and and it's sort of like you know it, but nobody has done research on it.
1: Mm-hmm. But so
0: we've been talking about safety for a long time. So I remember sitting on that thing saying, "Oh my God, here is the most." credentialing statement to Imago, you could imagine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I spent 40 years in a clinic proving one thing, that safety is non-negotiable for right. I can say that. I would never have to have to qualify that again mm-hmm. when I, and I was said with an absoluteness.
1: Right, but right. It's, it's a good of
0: it. The best yeah. mind in the country yeah. or the world. Right. Well, safety, is safety. safety
1: is the treatment. Safety is the treatment.
0: Safety is the That's I've never said that. That's yeah. it. Safety yeah. is
2: the treatment. And that's why one thing that saved our marriage was after everyone knew we were divorcing, we tried to do a process. I mean, we began to go, maybe we should try one more time. No, I came up with the concept of zero negativity and it saved our marriage. No. But Har- I didn't expect Harville to take it and put it in the theory. Because our process of doing zero negativity was sort of goofy. Like every day at the end of the day, we just had a calendar. And if either of us had felt any negativity, we did a frowny face. And if we made it through the day with neither of us feeling anything negative, we did a smiley face if both of us felt safe. So every day on the calendar, we had frowny face, frowny face, frowny face. (laughs) Finally, finally after so three months we got our even like neither of us did anything upsetting to the other. So, right. so that was the negativity. It wasn't necessarily your thoughts,
1: it's more of
0: the was behavior there
1: yeah. behavior that causes a fraction
2: or disconnection from each other.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like
2: like I had no idea some things I was doing was negative. Mm-hmm. Like when I would tell Harvel his shirt didn't look good on him. I, I was I, gotcha. I was helping.
1: Yeah, yeah, just you've
2: I, always been a helper, always. I, I, and he goes, Please don't help me, right? <laughs> just leave me, a, no, just ask me questions. Finally, he right. told me, Would right. you stop improving me and just ask me questions? But anyway, I never dreamed he would uh, bring into the theory of imago, but he did, and it's in safe conversations. Um, and that's why when we say zero negativity, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm. Um, you can bring up any of your issues that you want to divorce, <laughs> that you're about to, to commit suicide, that you're about to shoot your partner, that right. they can bring up anything, but you can set up a dialogue and tell them what you're thinking, right? At times without and,
0: making it their problem and,
2: and not doing and, it, uh, and not doing it with a glare in your eyes. Yeah, I like
1: that. I love that, and without making it your partner's
2: problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Just say, well, and uh, and but. But the thing, okay, this is the big one, What you need to do, if you, if there is a problem, and maybe it is your partner, convert the frustration into a wish Mm -hmm. and a request. Because we all have listed in marriages, I've got this problem with my partner, I've got that problem with my problem. And we could like, it's like a declaration of, I mean, we have so many problems and we can prove that they're real.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But what we're not good at is learning to ask for what we want, right? Respectfully and kindly. Yes. And let your partner just do a little baby step, like help them succeed at becoming the partner that you want. Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I think another. I just thought of another lid flip, Helen, which is how we discovered negativity as the primary. Uh, Ingredient in our relationship that led us to develop the zero negativity process, which we then took from being something we were practicing to save our marriage into the Imago intellectual system, and now it's um, it's sort of the first thing we say to people: if it ain't safe, it sucks. So don't even imagine anything changing until you get to safety. That's right. uh, We discovered that. Shall I try? Yeah, you want to. Okay, we
2: never tell anyone the story. We always want to. We don't have time. We we found an astrology book. It was for couples,
0: mm-hmm. people, And you can well, look can, up can I just do it on around? We were trying to date during know, the time we were separating and we went to a bookstore. Yeah. To, as uh, well, oh, I, that's
2: great. That's ar- great. I was afraid we're gonna run out of time. Yeah. Well, oh you're okay. fine. Go uh, ahead. You're great. Okay. So, I love knowing that Harville. That's great. That's a, that's great. So, so we, we had a lunch and like we had not decided to remarry. I mean, to stay married, but yeah. we were going to have a lunch, like to do good parenting or something while we were divorced. And after it was over, it was sort of a nice lunch. Neither of us fought. <laughs> and, we, and, I, and I think I said, well, and you said, well, should we do anything else before we go home? And I said, oh, we could go to a bookstore because we both love that. We went to the bookstore and instead of doing psychology and philosophy, I said, honey, why don't we go to the occult section? I'd love to learn to read your pop and or something funny that we haven't uh-huh. ever done before. And we found this astrology book for couples. So we sat on the floor, we opened it up and it has, it has his birthday and then it had my birth date and there was a message to the couple. And um, first of all, his horoscope and my horoscope, it says, has the least chance of having a, sus- a successful relationship. But then, <laughs> but then, so but anyway, what it said in the little box is you are about to decimate your relationship due to the unrelenting scrutiny you give to each other. Wow!
0: And so that I thought, was a lid flipper.
2: I went. Yes, that's that was up your lid. Who has been watching us? <laughs> How did they know? Right. This Exactly our problem. Yeah. Wow. Because because I saw myself in that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we went home and we said, well, maybe we,
0: maybe we well, could, could say one more thing about the book. <laughs> yeah. Like we looked at other couple pairings oh, in yeah. the book to right. see the same message, you know, it's an astrology book, same sure. good message. Send give it to every couple. It was in no other couples. We were the only couple that was told. That we had an unrelenting scrutiny of each other, and wow. that we were the least likely to have a good relationship. Yeah, so, so it was like the the, the cosmos itself is a, is against us. No wonder yeah. we're uh, the,
2: the other couples would say, "You all could should, could take another vacation or two every yeah. year, so like some, or some, you, you some need to hire advice. a better accountant, yeah. and right? Make sure you're all, you you all really have a business people in your life to manage." Yeah.
0: Finances.
2: Little things like that. Right. And so different. They and really it, someone was watching us.
0: And it's true. We did learn this from an astrology book, and I don't believe in astrology.
2: Right.
1: Uh, right.
0: There so, right. was a but fun, God
1: can use anything. God can use anything.
0: <laughs> anything. That's God. right. And God can use stars. anything. That's and right. so we said we started saying, well, let's, why don't we monitor that? And that's what led to the calendar, because you needed a way to keep a record. Uh. And that ultimately led to a theory, and then that theory was you got to get negativity out of your life, and then mm. that led to uh, raising safe, uh, safety up to a systemic uh, level in the system itself, and then but right. no research behind it. Right. Until we heard uh, Porges say it was um, non-negotiable. So that's sort of how. But, and I think we we both have a synthetic mind. We, I, I used to think I was a carnivore. I would just gather stuff everywhere and make soup out of it. Mm.
1: Is
0: that what you call is a carnivore yes. someone who eats a lot of things? <clears throat> yeah, That's some other word. But anyway, you gather a lot of things from everywhere. And none of those particular things are important. But that little piece from here, that one from there, put together, made this stew that became Imago, couples therapy.
1: Right. And part of that is safer conversations. That's something yeah. that's within the bio that...
0: Right. Safe conversations is a, is a another branch of Imago, which we call a social action branch. So safe conversation is not about therapy. It's taking dialogue out of therapy and inserting it into the public domain. And by public domain, we mean... Uh, a third of the world's population will receive Safe Conversations training in the next 30 years. and That means 3.8 billion people. Wow. So it's not a therapy process, but it's a it's an attempt to help people learn how to talk
1: mm. without
0: criticizing and listen without judging mm, that's good. Beyond their differences.
1: That's good.
2: It, it's almost the same theory. Well, it uses
0: the, uses the same It's
2: the same thing. Technology. Of the space between and the four. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's, yes. not who, who, I mean, yeah, it's not people who, I mean, it's not a therapy. Definitely need to see a therapist. Yeah. Right,
1: right. Yeah, but just the idea of, especially what we've been through as a country, if people knew how to have safe conversations. Yes, yes. Yes, what a difference that would make. And knowing that y'all have a mission that's in front of you that you're helping people to learn how to do that in any regard. That's we, could,
2: our- we I go to bed every night. We could prevent so much unnecessary suffering yes it's why we appreciate someone like you who will let us thank you, um, you know tell people look at our website because because mm-hmm. um because there's help and a yeah. different way to live
1: right we don't have to we don't have to remain broken
2: so i would yeah. love for people to stay in touch with y'all y'all
1: are incredible you're infectious you're a durable and brilliant. You're so many huh. beautiful adjectives. And so I want people to be able to stay in touch with you. Outside of checking out your 10 books, is there anywhere, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, your websites, what would you like people to know about y'all to I stay think, in touch?
0: I think the website, and com. Okay. To access to our therapy training, which is another website, but that's a link you can get from our, our personal website. And we'll give you a link to safeconversations.org, which is the organization that's training people to be social activists.
2: And also you can just go to the Safe Conversation website because they also, uh, like if you want to go to the training, it's learning to do it in your life, your own life. Right. Also, they've they've got a a book you can buy that talks about safe conversation for anybody.
1: Oh, that's great. Such great
2: resources. Y- y'all are
1: both just two walking, beautiful, Christ-following resources for all of us. And thank you for that again, for taking the time to do this um, and to be a part of my life. Well, thank you stuck you, with Kim.
2: me.
0: <laughs> thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. You're stuck we, so good with me. We, we appreciate being stuck with you. That's uh, a- I like a- it. Great. That's a I like great it.
2: It's been a very special time. It has been
1: special. Thank you. So to all our listeners, I know your lid got flipped and I pray that you got reconnected a little bit more to who God says you are. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to Flip Your Lid with Kim Honeycut. Please subscribe, rate, and share. You can find Kim on Facebook or Instagram at kbhoneycut. To get an autographed copy of Kim's book, visit ButYourMotherLovesYou.com. Remember, no matter
1: what, treat yourself well today.